I admire nudity on stage. I think it's brave. I think it, think it takes courage. Now, for myself, it's twofold. There's one of like, if if my penis was out there, that's just gonna be it's gonna be everywhere. And second, and this is the this is the real crux of it. It's a fine penis. It's nothing. If I was on stage, fully flaccid, it's nothing to write home about. I think if when I was flaccid. It was a, a loose five flopping around. I'd be like. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the summer sluts, to the beach day doms, to the pimped out pool boys, and to all the teachers on Tinder cramming a whole lot of dating into one short summer. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. I feel like there's a lot of uh, R&D, a lot of research and development for educators come summertime, no? I feel like that's when you're getting a ton of your first dates in as you audition who you're going to fuck consistently come fall. Who's got time for all these first dates when you got spelling tests to grade, right? I don't know. Anyways, welcome, welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. This week's guest is comedian John Marco Soresi. Uh, a lot of talks about boners and anxiety and masculinity. We had a fun one. Looking forward to sharing that with you in just a little bit. I am trying to streamline these intros. I've, I'm doing this project right now where I am, because of the me leaving Glassbox Media and me telling y'all that I'm going to have less of those kind of commercials in each episode, I have to go through my entire 500 episode back catalog and I gotta, I gotta adjust the timestamps for stuff. And in the process of doing so, I've decided to also re-listen to all of the intros. And where necessary, just tighten them up, just, you know, clean things up a bit. There have been some monologues where I've, I've definitely cut like 10 minutes out. And it's not like I'm cutting out bad takes or, you know, um, poorly aged opinions. I'm just taking out like two to three minute descriptions of how a comedy contest works. I don't think anyone needed that. A lot of fluff in my intros, I noticed. This right here right now is borderline fluff material. I am observing some interesting things listening to 24, 25, 26-year-old Billy Presida. I'm curious to hear what years like, I don't know, four, five, six start sounding like because I, I think somewhere along the way before I ran into Wallet Note Lady, like I lost track of what it has been I've always wanted, which if you're new here is like like a long-term committed romantic relationship where we write little notes to each other or you know, go on, on date nights and we have like the other person's mother's phone number so you can text her mom about her sometimes, a little, get inside jokes with the, with the family members that you kind of hope will be in-laws one day. And I want to look at both of us and like every once in a while I'll be like, okay, but now what would like a baby version of our two faces look like? That's what I, that's what I wanted back then. It's still what I want now. Somewhere along the line, I, I think I lost track of that, which I think played played a little bit of a role into what happened with Wallet Note Lady. But it, it's just it's just real interesting as a thirty four year old man to hear, you know, 
a 25-year-old version of myself. I also used to get a lot more advice questions. When I'm listening to all these intros, I'm going, wow, another advice question, another advice question. And at some point, the advice questions kind of stopped coming in as often. And I think I think y'all just wised up to me. I think a lot of you like heard the answers to my advice questions and and thought, oh, I don't know if that's where I would have gone with it, Prasita. <laughs> Meanwhile, like you were all asking questions of a 25-year-old and, and I'm probably better equipped to handle advice questions now than then. But hey, it's whatever. Speaking, by the way, of my um, pseudo expertise, I have a new article up on Mashable.com. Mashable.com, I got a beginner's guide to swinging. Uh, that's It's going to be a guide geared towards couples who are looking to open up their relationship, primarily open up the relationship together, as opposed to like a guide to general polyamory. Um, but you know, there's still going to be some good stuff in there. Quoted some friends of the pod, like Brenna from front porch swingers and, uh, the, the multi-amory crew. I quoted their new book. So check out that article. I hope you enjoy man con everybody. Are you ready? It's coming up. It's coming up soon. It's in less than a month away. August 3rd through August 6th. The fan whores are coming to New York city. The whoreheads are traveling down, the pod sluts are packing up because we're doing a long weekend together in the greatest city in the world. There will be parties, there will be performances, there will be swag. It's a fun weekend in a fun city where you get to connect with like-minded listeners. If you've already got your weekend pass, you probably got an email from me uh, getting you ready, getting you a little hyped up. And if you don't have your weekend pass yet, what's the matter with you? What, What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Get your weekend pass right now. Link at the top of the schnotes. Also, in the schnotes, you also see my uh, upcoming stand-up comedy dates. One of the places that the whoreheads like to hang out and get ready for Man Con is in the Champagne Room, our super free, super fun, super sex-positive Discord server. We've got about 700 people in the server uh, chatting about relationships, talking about sex toys, sharing sex stories, but also talking about gaming and music and movies and more. I know I say Discord and a lot of people are like, what is that? And I'm telling you, it's not that difficult to figure out. It's worth giving a try. And like, knock on wood, we still have like zero Nazi trolls showing up. And can you say the same for Reddit and Facebook and wherever else your social media-ing? Manwhorepod.com slash Discord or click the link in the schnotes. Come say hello. Join the conversations. Our next ha, ha, hot movie night in the Champagne Room is Thursday, July 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The hot movie night is uh, a night where me and my Patreon members come together in a private patron-only channel in the champagne room, and we watch a porno together. Usually like a classic golden age, there's a plot and character development porno. You can join us for a hot movie night on July 13th if you are in the champagne room and a Patreon member. To become a member of the Patreon, link in the schnotes. All the links always in the schnotes. And speaking of Patreon, before I get to John Marco, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. Yes, I want to give a shout out. I want to give a thank you. I want to give my gratitude 
to Trav Martin for supporting the Man Whore podcast on Patreon. I don't want to like, I don't know, out you and say where in this world that you are, but let's just say I'm surprised that the Man Whore podcast is still legally allowed uh, to be accessed in the borders of your state. They do seem obsessed with limiting the internet and what people can and can't read or listen to. So like, good for you, man. I don't know if you need a VPN to access this show or if I'm just like skeeting by the lawmakers, but I'm glad you not only were able to find the show, but found my Patreon to support it. And you too can become a member for as little as $2 a month. Or you can join us in the peep show for more at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. John Marco Cerezi. You may have seen him in the movie Hustlers. You might have seen him in the Netflix show Bonding. You've probably seen many of his stand-up bits on TikTok or on Instagram. One place you definitely haven't seen him is the Naked Comedy Show, which he is still, I'm going to still keep him in the camp of a maybe. And we, we get into it in the during the conversation. $5 and up Patreon members, you're getting an exclusive clip with John Marco tomorrow on Patreon in your bonus episode feed. But for now, for everybody else, for all the plebeians, Enjoy my conversation with John Marco. I had a match on floor for a long time. I terrible a man. This, better better for human. sex than a than a shitty IKEA bed frame, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but the presentation. I feel like she leaves there feeling way dirtier. <laughs> I I really do. There there was a thing where I I liked a mattress on the floor. Uh-huh. There's something felt good about it wasn't because i liked it i mean i just was being lazy and sloppy yeah but something about like at the end of the night being like i'm going all the way to the ground felt cool and get a low bed frame like I, a real low bed frame but just there should sure. be there should be wood involved sure there should be wood involved i feel like i'm sure they would disagree but i feel like i had some good sex on that mattress okay. on the floor and then i got this ikea bed frame where you're like like and I'm not doing anything crazy, but I'm like, this is gonna break. This is gonna break. <laughs> Don't speak lowly of yourself, John Mark. I am John Marco Cerezi. I I am sure you do some serious damage. I I, I am. Fine. I believe in you. <laughs> I am fine. I think like, I think when I was younger, I always was like, oh, I'm really. I used to think, oh, I'm really good at eating pussy, and then as I get older, I think I was like, I think I'm just, I'm fine. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. At all of this, <laughs> I don't think why. Why would I be excellent at it? I, I it's not like I'm training. Yep. I'm just doing it occasionally. <laughs> if this was any other thing, I'd be like, well, you got to put in some more work. You want to get good at this? I think I'm fine, and I'm fine with being fine. And that's the ego one should have. Who is more than fine? Sure. That makes me all that attitude makes me think that you are more than fine. But you know, like this is where the the check should be at. I think I like, also don't think like you're good at complimenting yourself on anything. So sure. I think that is another. T- no, I say sign. I'm much better at stand up comedy than sex. I've never I never needed to switch hands to make a woman laugh. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, I, th- I think like I know I'm not like selfish. I think some guys set the bar so low mm-hmm. that you know, I was at the Kennedy. The It was the museum. <laughs> Sixth floor book repository. It's where Oswald uh, oh. positioned himself to kill Kennedy. Okay, and I, I, I just think about Kennedy. They, you know, he fucked Marilyn Monroe, and everyone wanted to fuck him. But they say that Kennedy was like he would just come real quick, and that would be it. Yeah. And it's funny to think of this person who was like, 
you know, people wanted to be him. He had sex with like the the star. And at the end of the day, though, if you were to see the sex, it was like bad. Mm. And it's funny to think of these people who who do get to, you know, some fantasy. I'm sure every guy's fantasy at that time was like, oh, I want to fuck Marilyn Monroe. And this guy did it, but like he did it so poorly and maybe she wanted to fuck kennedy but the actual fucking that that actual thing the thing in of itself was was bad it's hard to tell i i feel like i think i do not know which of my friends is good and bad and which is bad (laughs) i just don't know well i know for a couple at least because i did a whole episode where i invited them on to go down on a friend of mine so i got like audio i remember seeing that and did you see that post I, I remember that that very specific post because I thought like there's a there's a world in my head where I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. I mean, I that's a weird word to use, but like cool to do. And then I'm like, I have chosen to not have that life. I mean, you I, I don't need to explain to you the the complexities of when you are open about sex, let alone show yourself having sex, the 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 ways it can limit your professional life. That's why I like to say, because otherwise I'd have to actually analyze my material. So I like to say it's it's the sure, sex thing. Sure. But it's but it's like it is obviously not fair and it's obviously I mean I I I I'm I align with all the progressive positions when it comes to <laughs> sex work. And the, 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 the insane hypocrisy, but I don't see that hypocrisy going away anytime soon. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, you're right, but I'm not going to fuck my shit up right now by getting involved. That's, that's what is that? I don't see Marvel hiring Sasha Gray for a superhero in our lifetimes. She's still acting? Uh, I don't know, but like, there is a lot like more OnlyFans. I mean, Michael B. Jordan made an OnlyFans showing some serious root. So it's like, you know, root, you mean like, oh, you know, like the like the very bottom of the shaft. Really? Like he little, showed root. He showed root. That's a. I mean, I'm surprised like it like waistband down enough. Like you see root. And I'm just like, OK, Bella Thorne's out there like, you know, posting almost opposite. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that part of it is coming into a little more balance. It's getting there. I think what's so funny is there's there's a comedian. I, I won't name him. It, it, they're they're not like in the stand up scene per se, but their their whole brand is like I'm naughty, I'm dirty, I do drugs, I like sh- ooh, uh, you almost saw my is puss. this a man and no no oh, okay. it's, it's a woman, but there's a degree where I'm like no you're not, I'll show you people who are fucking dirty, they're fucking getting double penetrated on the internet. There's there's such a like funny like I'm a bad bad, and it's like we well, know you're not. You're there, there's people getting cum on their face and they post it on Twitter. Like you are, this is nothing. I, I will believe we, we have reached uh, a real inflection point when public porn stars, you have to join the only fans to see their tight five. <laughs> That's when I know, Oh wow. We've really changed the society. You're yeah. more, you're more the thing you don't really want getting out too much is your standup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, so wait, why Michael now? B. Jordan showed some setup. You watch the video, you see a little bit of a setup. Well, is it does any of this is any of this the reason why uh, you're hesitant about doing the naked comedy show? I say hesitant sure. instead of a hard no. I I no no sure sure. Well, again, in theory, in theory, I would want to do it. I I think I way back I reached out to I don't huh? know if you told me someone did a show at a nudist colony and I was down. Oh. I did naked yoga a couple years ago. Okay, I I remember an acting class 
in acting class, um, I was in an acting company in Philly, and you do these exercises where you try to be like public, uh, private in public, essentially. Mm-hmm. You try to show like how you actually behave with people watching. That's like the goal of the acting. And like, I, I got naked in class changing. And like, it was a big acting challenge because it was like, can you take off your underwear and put on a new pair of underwear as you would if you were in private, as opposed to too slowly? You know, you're doing a burlesque thing and it's like, or too fast because you don't want them. And like that, I, I, I'm enamored by it. I, I had a sketch with my, my sketch team that uh, my friend Russell co-hosted my podcast, The Downside, where he was eating salamis off my body. And, and I wear a thong. I mean, like, I, I, I love, I think there's, there's nothing funnier than the Borat scene of Borat and the, the big guy rolling around naked. And I, we did a show in LA and part of me was like, I want to do it naked. Instead of this thong, let's do it fucking naked. And I was I was trying to push myself. I was scared. And my sketch team was pretty, pretty like, no, they're not that kind of thing. It's too far for them. I love it. I fucking love it. I admire nudity on stage. I think it's brave. I think it, think it takes courage. Now, for myself, it's twofold. There's one of like... If 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 I show my penis in any way that's going to be on film, I mean, I already show if I have a, a bulge from uh, rock climbing and the harness makes it look like I have a big dick, it goes up on some gay websites, which I don't mind. Sure. That's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't like weird me out or anything. I think that's great. But but if if my penis was out there, that's just going to be it's going to be everywhere. And second, and this is the this is the real crux of it. It's a fine penis. It's not, it's nothing. If I was on stage, fully flaccid, it's nothing to write home about. I think if when I was flaccid, it was a a loose five flopping around, I'd be like, okay, it's not. But like almost no one's got loose five inches flopping around. But we all know flaccid like. Sometimes it's a good flaccid, sure. and sometimes, and I don't know, you know sometimes post, it's a, the weather. A post-cum flaccid is great. Oh, post-cum flaccid love is a great. Good, I like having, or actually mid-jerk, and then I stopped, let it come down. You got a good hang. Love, that's a good flaccid. I've always thought, because ba- this is back in my acting days where I really wanted to be like a real honest actor. Part of me was like, well, if I'm naked in a thing, I don't want to fluff up, because that's not real. I don't want to be like, as I'm trying to do some emotional scene, I, I loved uh, uh, Before Midnight, the third in the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. There was a scene where I believe she's topless. I don't think he's naked. He should have been. Only because what they did so well, it, it felt like she was naked in the way you're naked with a partner, where it just is. And it was so, it was so true. Just them having this argument and her tits were out, it felt so real. And... And that's why if I ever had a scene, I would want to be, if it felt right for the scene, I'm totally down to be naked. But in my mind, I can't help but be like, um, worried, you know, Terrence, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, actor, he was an Iron Man and then Howard, he got fired. Terrence, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yes. People constantly share that. It's a video of, of him in a movie where he's in a shower and his penis looks really small. Okay. And people talk about it. They joke about it. It follows him everywhere. Sure. Everywhere. And again, do I wish we lived in a progressive society where where people A understood and B like didn't like have to use this as as this hammer? 
fine, but we, we that's a society we live in. Even now, if you like, it's it's become a Twitter trope of the person being like, guys, small dick energy implies that blah blah blah. Even in my head, I'm thinking like talking about this. People are gonna think I have the tiniest penis in the world. Again, like my sex, average. Everyone, it's- average, <laughs> average. But I remember in high school, some guy, you know, guys were joking about penis size or something. Some guy was like, "I'll whip it out right now," and that's how you knew he had a big dick. Because he was like, I'll whip it out right now. You're never going to catch me saying, I'll whip it out right now. Right, but the guy who has that kind of... I'm going to get the lights. Yeah, but the guy who has that much confidence just in the size of it and it wants everyone to know how big of a dick he has, I believe doesn't have any sexual skill set. Because when you talk to a lot of women, yes, there are plenty of women who love a big dick. But at the end of the day, they're like, if you don't know what to do with your big dick... For sure, but sex aside, we still value as a society... Superman just got cast. Uh-huh. And what went viral? Him at the beach in a bathing suit. Who's and it's Superman clear. Now? I don't even know his fucking name. But I, just do know, I, do, I know he has a big fucking <laughs> cock. And and it's like, it's sure you could say, well, in sex, that, that might hurt. But it doesn't matter. Everyone's so uh, gleeful. And maybe even turned on, even if they know it wouldn't be good for sex, at a big fucking cock. I love Ron White. Had such a good bit. Oh yeah, yeah. From uh, like when we were kids. From when we were kids, and it was like it was such it was such a a a, a pro LGBT mm-hmm. for the blue collar comedy tour mm-hmm. with audience members who are probably homophobic as fuck. Yep. And he said he's like, I think everyone's a little bit gay. The audience goes all weird. God forbid they consider it. And he goes like, I talked to my friend. He's like, I'm not gay. And he's like, when when you're watching porn, do you like a little? Little dinky dick is like, no, like a big heart throbbing call. And it's, 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 uh, so again, I, I, I think there's things about not wanting to be nude and it's, and then it becomes the thing. But there's also a degree of like, I think if I had like a, a bigger flaccid schlong, if I had, a, if I could have had something that I could call a schlong with the word long in the word, okay, I'd be more down to do the naked well, show. <clears throat> Well, I mean, and none of this is pressuring, but I we do know that we have one mutual fan who's very enthusiastic for some reason about um, you doing the Naked show. I don't even think he's into men. He's just like that much of a fan of you that he's been asking me. I have enough get gay John fans. Marco. I could sell out the Beacon if I said I would do it naked. I could do a one night at the Look, Beacon. We might be able to make this like a, a, a fiscally uh, um, uh, motivating uh, decision for you, but they forget you're naked like no one's really caring and if you've seen the people who've done the naked show that i have you'd be like oh yeah i'm doing fine especially if you manscape a bit because there's a lot of dudes who i think are robbing themselves of inches with that with that forest <laughs> i'm just like dude for the presentation trim it, it down would be so funny if everyone who goes on that show is fully shaved just completely <laughs> and you're like oh interesting i see i see well some of the chicks will like get waxed sometimes they'll be like i got waxed for this and the dudes i'll just be like you just didn't care uh which is fine to not care but also i'm like if the concern is my dick is out and i don't want to look small while it's soft it's like then fucking shave that two inches of growth fucking hiding it sure sure but, but look it's it's a uh, i don't know it's a like i said open it's an open invite should you ever change your mind i appreciate it <laughs> um son i was thinking about uh i was like what do i want to talk to john marco about and i was just like what's it like so you're like a somewhat neurotic human being mm-hmm. i think that's not just a stage persona thing yeah. right yeah so like what's it like to date you uh 
I think it's tough. I think, I mean, I think I've gotten a lot better, but I think I just get very anxious. I mean, to keep it on to sex, like this, this is me at my worst pre-therapy being young was the, the, the first, the person I lost my virginity to, uh, I was not their first. And, um, naturally I would just come too fast. And like, it, it was, it seemed like it was fine once or twice. And then they, they, they just seemed to be disappointed. I could sense it. I could sense it. And it felt like, and they weren't like threatening me or anything like this, but I could feel like, oh, I feel like if I don't start doing this well, this relationship might be over. Um, and one time they said to me, they said, you know, when I'm on top and the guy lasts long enough, I can come up to three times in a row. We're 18. You know, we, we say, we say, and I, something happened to me, anxiety, where I couldn't get it up. And I couldn't get it up at all. This is why I thought it was good at eating pussy. Because I was like, because at this time I ate pussy, like my relationship depended on it. Because it did. <laughs> Every guy should eat pussy like that relationship depends on sure, it. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, Ariel Elias has a good bit about that. But but uh, it, it was... Uh, this is like, for me, I think my 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 three big anxiety prongs was at that age. It was it was sex, and I wasn't able to get it up. Later, it was like existential. It was like God and dying, and then now, and I'm I I struggle with it now. And then it's like career and business and talent and worthiness. And like, but that first one was was crazy. I I I I had like a breakdown one day. Like one day, I just I couldn't get up for the tenth fucking time, and I just started weeping because I felt like I, I always wonder how it informed how I feel about sex now, because I felt like oh I I thought someone loved me, and I'm going to lose the love because my body will not cannot perform what is needed, and it made love feel like so conditional, and so and and so out of my control. And like the desire to want to do it was what was holding me back. And I, I, I remember like I so awkwardly went to my father for advice. Who it would nothing. I I don't know if I fully articulated what I needed, but he certainly couldn't articulate how to help. I have a feeling my dad is very selfish in that. I have a feeling my dad is the Kennedy thing for sure. We've never really talked about. It. We've never gone to in depths of sex. He's like, oh, I was with this woman once, and she was so son. She was so hot. She was the most beautiful woman in the world. And I remember she laid in bed ready for me. And I, I, I came before I could go. And like, that was his story of like maybe sharing that he failed. And so it's okay to fail. And then I went to my stepfather and, and like, certainly this is not a guy who talks about this stuff. He took out a, a magazine. It was like a car magazine with like a, a, you know, scantily clad woman like posing on a car. And he said like, you know, some men need, uh, porn to uh become aroused personally i don't i i have your mother and i was listening i was like i was like what the fuck did you just say to me what the fuck did you just say to me and i don't think he meant it he was not trying to like like be like yo i'm fucking your mom he just like didn't know how to express whatever he was trying to say didn't want to talk about it and ended up saying like don't i your mom takes care of this horrible and you're just like, how dare you get hard for my mother, stepfather? How dare I was like, I can't use that approach. I can't think about mom. <laughs> I mean, I, you could just don't tell anybody, I would say. <laughs> I remember, especially but when I could still get it up, 
And like, what's so funny is, you know how you get stuck thinking inside a box? Like, I could have totally like gone in, pulled out one pump and then gone eat, eat, go back down, then go back in. But like in your head, in my head, it was like, once you start, ah, and, and so then I, I, back then, like when I was trying, I would, I would reach back and I would flick my balls as hard as I could to like introduce some kind of pain to distract me. I would think about my grandma dying and dying and die, like anything to try to become unaroused. Okay. And there's nothing worse than coming while you're thinking about your grandma dying. <laughs> but, but I eventually I went to my mom and we, and, and I, I thought in my head like for a long time the way I, I masturbated was I just pushed on the floor. That's how I like learned about masturbating. I just pushed on the floor until I, until I came and, and you know, I probably did a quick Google search and was like, this can fuck up your dick. And I, I thought like, that's why I couldn't get it up. I had been pushing for too long. And like, you know, in my heyday, I would be, you know, coming three times a day, just pushing on the floor and you wouldn't get fully erect either. Like I, you, you were doing something else and you couldn't get fully right because you were you were face down on the floor. It wasn't even friction, really. Like, a little bit of friction, but I think pushing in the right way where I – bet, I bet pushing in a way that you're probably even engaging your prostate in some way. Okay. Looking back on it. And, I mean, I would bring a, I would bring a Harry Potter book to bed because it was thick enough. And because the bed was too soft, usually, to push. And I would push – put the book underneath me and just like – You fucked your Harry Potter book? Yeah. Yeah. No way J.K. Rowling would approve of that. Uh, and uh, uh, I said fuck Jake Rowling before anyone Yeah. <laughs> and um, eventually I went to my mom I was desperate because I thought this relationship was going to end and we went to a uh, urologist and I met with this urologist and I, I told him like you know I can't get it up I push 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 I, I think he probably like checked my dick and obviously there was nothing there was nothing wrong and he he wrote on a piece of paper, said, I know just what you need. I mean, for a second, I thought maybe I'd get like Viagra. My understanding of Viagra was like, maybe. Uh, and he wrote on a piece of paper and he slid it over to me and he said, this is what you need. And it, the paper said, a new girlfriend. He written it on a prescription pad, which again, yeah, weird, weird, weird. And again, an adult trying to help. Trying to help a, a think about a, a crazy neurotic eighteen year old who's like my girlfriend's gonna leave me I can't get it up something's wrong and and because I don't even know what you what I what I would have said uh, uh you know go to therapy go meditate you're fine but I remember like that's all anyone needs to hear is you are fine you are stressed and the more you stress the more it's not gonna happen. So just like chill, like just chill is all you need to be told for sure. But I think like at the time, and again, like we ended up breaking up, and it was not like a sex ultimatum thing. It was, it was, I was a fucking nightmare human being, and we were high school, and people break up. But I remember being very relieved when someone freshman year of college, when we when we hooked up, being like, oh, I don't have this problem anymore. But I think like I was just able to get it up. But I think that's that will always be a part of my initiation to sex, my anxiety about it. I feel like I'll probably be more equipped than some men when they struggle getting it up as they get older to deal with it. But I dealt with it at like this age where I would I would just weep. I would weep about it. And it was so 
I think it, it colored a lot of like, I think I do have a, there's some, of course, there's things about sex that I like, but there's something about sex where I do see it as, at least in that moment, revealing the conditionality of love. And and love in the absence of sex, I think, is also very admirable because it shows that it's not conditional. Yeah. And it it definitely definitely changed something internally because it was it was a very pivotal moment of my life. I mean, lockdown. I was so depressed and I was smoking weed every day. I wasn't a daily pot smoker then. I mm. locked down. I was like, I'm gonna be a daily pot smoker, and I didn't really want to have sex that much. I mean, like we did the initial like first five days of lockdown. Let's fuck all over the place all day. After that, I was like, I'm good, and I could see the effect that like not having regular sex was having on my girlfriend at the time. And it got to the point that, like, I remember, like, going down on her and I didn't really want to go down on her because I didn't really want to do much of anything. Sure. And I, like, lo- is is pitch black in this bedroom, thank God, because, like, I low-key, like, started very quietly, like, crying into her pussy. Oh, my Because I was like, God. if I don't make her come, she might want to break up with me. Yeah. And then at one point I sure. took a beat and I was like, oh, sorry, I just have to go to the bathroom real quick and like slipped out without the light coming in and just like had a quick cry in her fucking bathroom. Cause like I'm having sex I don't want to be having, but I'm doing it because I feel like this relationship will be conditional upon it. And we were potly. And sure. even then I'm still like, I'm not earning my keep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's a, it's a fucked up feeling. Yeah, man. How have you, where are you, where are you with it now? Have you improved at all upon it? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's very much so. I think like I have healthy dialogue and, and I, I don't see it as like, I don't see it as like, oh, if I don't deliver here constantly that, that I won't have a relationship. But I, but I think like, I think there's always a part of me that goes like love I, I really like I love I'm I'm cynical to the point where I like I don't believe in unconditional love. Okay. And then I long for it as a romantic. Sure. I think George Carlin said, you know, scratch a cynic, you'll find a wounded idealist underneath. And I, I think that's certainly true. Um and uh Where do you say that? I that, don't know. Is it Probably one like of those six- later those later comedy routines where no one was laughing and everyone was like, What the fuck? This is really <laughs> serious and sad. I don't know. It's like my second or third favorite Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a Carlin. My mom got me a Carlin when I was like twelve. And he which does, one? Uh, it's the one where the setup for every track is like, here's a group of people who should, should be shot through the head with a nail gun yeah. and set on fire <laughs> until their kids <laughs> kill themselves from the screams. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god. But I don't know if it's that one or a different one. But I just remember being at an age where like I was scared of dying and I wanted to believe in God and him being like, there's no God. There never was a God. There never will be a God. It's done. Put. And just being like, oh, God, what the fuck? This is not what I need to hear. You said, like, you have, like, healthy dialogue. So, like, tangibly, like, what does that look like? I just think it's, like, it's very much just... I think I've always been, like, I I really struggle to talk about sex. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel really... It always feels like... Like, I want sex to operate. That's why I told earlier, like, the idea of, like, middle of the night, waking up, kind of groggy, stoned. I think it releases me from, like, whatever my feelings of... And I don't think sex is dirty from a religious perspective. I didn't have it. But there's something about it that I'm like, it's... 
if you're not as conscious, you're not as culpable. You're not as responsible for the decision to do this pseudo dirty thing. Cause like what? I was just so out of it. But it's also like, it's also dirty to me in the sense of like, my dad was a cheater and there's a degree of like, this has nothing to do with love. This is a, this is a need, like a scratch and people betray and wound and, and do horrible things not, I don't just mean like sexual abuse, but I mean like betray someone who love and the person feels betrayed because they had this thing. So to me, it's like sex is like wiping your ass or or like or, or eating a meal. It's like it's necessary, but it's tied to all these fucking complex things. And there, I think I, I have like the mix of like revulsion and desire. I think they say with maybe this is totally wrong, but with evolution that that obviously there's elements of sex that can be that you can feel disgust. You know, you might see smegma. That that's like what is that the yep, whatever's left over from anal sex, whatever uh, mix of mucus No, I and, think smegma, I might be wrong. I think smegma is like the kind of cheesy stuff with foreskin. Oh! I think you're thinking of a I'm different thinking of Dan Santorum, Savage from Santorum. Santorum yeah. That Dan Savage <laughs> got the word of the of the anti-LGBT <clears throat> Republican whatever. Rick Santorum. Rick yeah, Santorum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, a one of the greatest trolls of all time, Amazing. Dan Savage. Um <laughs> But, like, I feel like they said that the reason that sex wasn't fully you, – you could make it so there was nothing disgusting or nothing about you would, would feel disgust. And then, then you – evolutionarily, you might have sex and get STDs and die mm. at a different time when the STDs would kill you. Okay. So, like, the idea of, like, like sex has as uh, uh, implicit, like, desire and disgust built in. Mm. And when I'm stoned, it's like my desire – the disgust part goes away. You can just enjoy are but you I, like an active guy when you're like stone sex? Because like when I'm stone sex, I mean, in rare moments, like I I get like almost like stoner fucking err and then just the town. But most of the time when I like when my fantasy of being like it's like I'm very passive in the sex. Oh, no, I can I can be active during stone sex. But I'm saying like I've never eaten ass like like like. And so me, that means that my re- revulsion level at poop and a butt and smells is is high uh-huh and i feel like people who like are really into that they're like their revulsion is such a harsh word but it's true is lower so so they 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 get in there and whatever it is they smell doesn't doesn't push them away more than the desire right and for me the smell of poop i'm out i'm out and I, and I don't know if you get used to it or bubble, but I don't have the desire to like go in there and try it. And you were worried about saying something controversial. That might be the thing that <laughs> you gave. Sure. For. But I, I remember. John Marcus Rezzi does not eat ass. <laughs> May everyone know. I feel the same way. It's that, uh, it's not that I won't do it, but like I'm, you bet, I, I better love you and your butt better be pretty fucking well taken care of. And so I've licked like three-ish butts. Sure. And that's and crazy for your life. For me, yeah. For me, yeah. It's like that's too much because I hear what you're saying. It's like it's it's the desire does not overwhelm the disgust. So I have to really desire the fuck out of you to overcome that. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Or, or like for me, it's it's not even just a desire. It's like a stone. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will do it. I don't know if I ever will do it. And I, I remember I had a roommate. Obviously, I did a lot of theater and many roommates who were gay. But I, I had one who had come out probably in college. And they told me they really were struggling with 
uh, having anal sex with someone they were with. They they basically said they tried it once and they remember seeing the the person's poop on their con like a little bit of poop on their condom and like really he was so uh, uh, revolted by it. And I don't know what he found in his life. Maybe he found like, you know, maybe he he got over it. Maybe he found someone who didn't matter. Maybe he's like, I'll top, but I need, we, we need a real cleanse because I struggle. Yeah. I don't know. That's his journey. But it's like, to 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 know that everyone, I think everyone just has these different ranges. Sure. And and I hear guys who are like, I fucking love to eat ass. And I'm like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Can't that's relate. crazy to me. <laughs> so then what what is the role of like this desire repulsion situation? Like, where's that play into your current sex life with with your I girl? Think, I think it's just like I uh <laughs> oh God. It is tough having a girlfriend. You, I mean, stop having a girlfriend doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah, to a degree, like, because I'm very much like, a, I'm like, I want to, I literally want to talk so fully transparently, and and there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it, but I think it's just like a degree of like, like with all health to to make it slightly more vague, it's like, it's just about communicating, like, okay, I I love having sex stoned, I like to get stoned, but especially with like my work schedule, like sometimes you can't just have a stoned night and you got to be like, okay, explore doing it at this time of the day. And so, so that's more, I think what it is. It's just like, like just, just trying and, and communicating and it's good. It's good. But it's like, I, I remember I had a, I had a long-term relationship before where there was just no communication. And I think, I think I was so I I went through long spells of being single. I just I'm not I'm not very social. I rarely would like ask a woman out. Like a woman really had to like come on to me for me to feel comfortable. I, I was not taking swings okay. at all. No right. Swings. Well, I I have a feeling like with all the I don't know I forget when you started doing the beard, but I feel like you get a lot thrown at you. I feel like it's, I it's don't so, ask women out as they pile on to me after shows. I think like. First of all, I mean, I was. If you wear was, like a V-neck, like during a set. I feel like you get some. Sure, with comedy, it's different. <laughs> with comedy, it's different. But it's also like, I certainly when you're like a headliner, people seem to want to sleep with you. But, but there's a couple things. First, they like saw you, like, do your greatest thoughts for one hour, and like there always is a dip. I but before my relationship, I had a couple like after the show, audience member came up and we hooked up. And like, there's a couple problems with it. like one, they just saw the best of you, and everything you're gonna say now is not as gonna be as tight and punchy as what they just saw. So there's gonna be a disappointment factor. There's you finish a show. I think in the fantasy, it'd be like, let's go right now. No, you got to go to another bar. And for me, I'm tired. I'm done, and I don't want to do that. I would. I would honestly. Rather go to bed. If you're going to pursue that sex, it's five in the morning. You got to push through. And I hate that. I, I want sleep more than I want sex than, mm. than five in the morning. That is a I, 30s uh, mentality. Of course. But even my 20s, like I just remember being like, fuck, why, why can't? And being so jealous of like, it felt like more often, not that that doesn't happen with men and women, but with my gay friends, just witness. I had a roommate who really would have guys come over. And and I would be like, oh, what's his name? And he'd be like, uh, I don't know. And they go in the room and fuck. And that's just how they met. And being like, wow, I I don't see how that's 
possible in my my life. I wanted it, but I didn't. I didn't like people, and I struggled. I went through long. But the point is this: I like I I, I maintained just like the same way when I was a kid. I would just I would take care of myself, and that was my life. And even like my first major relationship, I think I didn't change to incorporate my partner to be a part of my sex life. I think I was all about like sex about, for me, it was about uh, uh, emotional maintenance. And uh, I feel like I'm, I've matured in a way where it feels like it's, it's part of the relationship and part of the communication. And it's good. It's good. Anyone asking, got a good sex life with my girlfriend. <laughs> and, the, and the boners, they're, they're, they're showing up more often. They're, they're showing up. You're chilled about it. <laughs> I'm chill about it. But like, you know, you see all these ads for, for Blue Chew. Yeah. I've, ha- it, I've done those ads. I worry, like, it seems like it would be fun to do to just be like, I'm rocking. I'm, I'm 100%. But I feel like the same way when I introduce sleep medication, and now there's sometimes I cannot fall asleep without that sleep medication. I worry about the dependence on that shit so much. Yeah, you definitely want to, unless you like medically, like you physically need it, you definitely should not like rely on it. But I think like is like I, I keep like a little bit in a drawer for like certain situations. Like I was supposed, I mean, gosh, I haven't told them what happened yet. So they'll have to wait. But like I was supposed to have a reverse gangbang last Friday because of course. A reverse gangbang. It, um, I say not just normal gangbang because by the definition of gangbang, it's that there's a central person being penetrated by multiple penetrators. Okay. But this would be me like penetrating multiple women. <laughs> that makes sense. I know. The audacity. What a life you live, man. I know. I'd, li- what I'd, a rather, life. I'd rather have more spots though. I'll be honest. Uh, it's like, <laughs> so I, if I, if I could like live the life of being like, if I wasn't in a relationship, but I mean, like, if I, it would be, it would be fascinating to me. It would be fascinating. I will switch when you're ready. Uh, if things don't work out, which I hope they do, because she's lovely. But if they don't, you want to switch. I'll do your spots. I'll take your talent. You can go fuck <laughs> so as much as you like. Um, so okay, I'm, I, I don't need any more. So you had a reverse gangbang. <laughs> no, I was supposed to at this that's party. That's a blue chew moment. <clears throat> Let me tell you, right, if I'm with four women. I'm like, all right. Breaking the rule. Let's Could get have the been blue five. Like it was sure. It, so that, but like I, that's when I, I had it. I was like, and I'm not because usually they come in like each single packet is one chewable, but you're supposed to do like two. But um, and sometimes I'll just do one. But <clears throat> for that, I was like, oh, we're taking the two. I even got like permission, which is a delay spray because like maybe if I de- how if, depending how throbby I'm feeling, maybe I'll give it a spray just because like if I got a last with four women and this would have been at a sex party. Where like that's the theme is like gangbang scenes happening in different rooms. So I was one of the ones that was selected. It, the short version is it fell through. Not enough interest. Shocker. Okay. Uh-huh. But like I was, you know, hey, if you want to try to make it happen for me, great. But but yeah, so like I'll do blue chew then. Or if like I know we're doing like a threesome night and it's with like a, someone I haven't had sex with before and I'm going to be a little less comfortable. Okay, that might be a blue chew Do you chew always night. tell them or do you not? I've never, I don't think I usually tell people, hey, I'm taking the blue chew. It's just like. How long does it take to to. Um, like about usually, I think they say to take it about a half hour before activity. But again, remember, like this is not stuff where like you take it in your heart, you have to still be aroused. So even if you're still super fucking stressed out and you stay stressed out, it will not work. Even if you take that shit, you have to let yourself get a little relaxed. But, um, so I'll do it in like a high pressure sexual situation. Sure. Or, um, I did use it to kind of like trick myself psychologically. I was like not getting hard with this one specific person who is super hot, have a lot of fun with. And for some reason with her, I would like get nervous. So like three, four times in a row, I was like just not getting hard with her. 
where I was like batting like a third of the time. So I was like, I'm going to take two blue chew before the next time we hook up. Great sex, fun. The next time I was like, I'm going to take one blue chew. Did that still work fine? Then, then after that, I was like, I'm not going to take any blue chew. And then I was like, I, my brain had been tricked enough to be like, no, I am fine. I am good. Relax. Sure. And now I can get hard and fuck this person. I wonder, I just wonder if when I was at that age where I couldn't get it up, if I would have like, I was very drug adverse, so I don't think I would have, but it would have been so like, if you told me there was this, this pill I could take and it would solve the biggest problem yeah, of my universe. You just need like time. a positive reinforcement. You just need like a, a loop of positive reinforcement. You need to get hard a few times and know that that works. And then you could probably be like, now I'll just take the one. Oh, it still works. That's great. I must. And then you could be like, let me just try not. And then you'll probably be fine. And then you're like, oh, it all works. You just need it. You just need to get the, the ball moving. And once the, then you got momentum. Yeah. I hate the ads for Blue Chew though. Like I saw. Uh, the comedians do them all the time, but the way they do koi, they're like this blue chew. Uh, if you're looking for a hard night, ooh, like it's this koi shit where I'm like, I'd rather have someone be like, so here's how blue chew works: makes your cock part and uh, last. Like I just want the facts. I hate this like koi. I hate the koi. I hate. I hate a lot of the ads I see. Obviously, sex toys, they promote a lot of comedians. That's fine. But the ad where they're like kind of flush and they're like, this one is a wild ride. I'd rather hear like this one, it does this. Yeah. It does this sucking motion. It does this. And so often it's not even that great a toy. They're like, oh my God, this is wild. I was like, yeah, if you don't know vibrators, but I'm like, sure. like you could show me a thing. I'm like, I don't think that's very good. Or I've read, like, I know the different ones. I know which ones are more powerful and which ones are cheap. And they're just trying to, I, no, no, thank you. But I know I don't know. You know why about- you don't hear an ad for the Hitachi magic wand? You don't need to. Word got around. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I certainly, I know, like sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know anything about the vagina because I'll go to sex, sex stores and I see some of the toys. I'm like, what what is that what will you do with that the thing that looks like a bug that's and i'm like and it's like the wee vibe and i'm like i don't even know i feel like i'm gonna put this on here she's gonna turn into the blue beetle yes yes (laughs) um if you had to um if you had to like sum it up in like one thing because you do have a a great podcast called the downside what is the downside to dating john marco serezzi (laughs) oh I, uh, I get it. all the friction from the chest hair. I get it. Yes, that's. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I think I'm a. I'm a very classical narcissist. I think I'm. I'm think I'm self aware, and I. I like to believe that after many many years of therapy and analysis and thinking about what I want and and having people who I'm close to, I I have combated it and pivoted it. And, uh, I, but I, I think like at the end of the day, the narcissism fantasy is just this, like, I see black swan and I see this woman die after creating the greatest dance of her life. And I'm like, that's what I want. (laughs) And, and I don't want to die. I never want to die. But, but like my desire for like feeling like I am, I am creating this great thing and i am the mover and the shaker and i'm worthy is is very strong and i and i uh i think my girlfriend has been very patient with me and no you know we both have our our problems but like through like couples counseling and through like 
I think without her, I would still be so crazy workaholic that I would find myself, especially at this age, 30s, mid-30s, feeling like so deeply lonely and depressed and maybe a little bit more successful, but like just lost and empty. And like she has, and doing stand-up every night. Like like she is the one who, who you know, we, we kind of an impasse of like, you need to take one night off a week. And it was like impossible back. It felt like I was slipping and it was awful. And now I can take two nights off to see a friend and I feel okay. And like that was that was something she chipped away at. And uh and but 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 that's that's the real downside. I don't think I'm an asshole. I don't think I'm like mean. I do care about hurting other people's feelings, but I, I am a narcissist at my core. And uh, just like my father, and I, I can, I can change, and I can be generous. But like you have, to, you have to be aware of what you are to make it, to to make it okay. You can't pretend you're not. And I would never pretend that I that I'm not. I, I identify with that word. I know what that word means, and I know that's what I am. But at the same time, maybe you're just a bit self centered because the true narcissist wouldn't say that they're a narcissist because they're like, no, no, I'm actually that great. I do need to focus up. i do i am the center because like i just happen to be the center you know as much sure which is what we what, when i started with i was like and that's how i know you're probably rocking in bed because of how much you downplay you're very wise and we set low bars we overachieve uh it's a it's a thing i dig about you and you. uh <laughs> um john marco where can people go to find you follow you check out your stuff yes find me everywhere online at john marco Cerezi. Um, my podcast is called The Downside. I love it very much. Uh, it's worth checking out. And uh, I'm on tour. I tour. I'm pretty much gone every weekend, touring around the country, around Canada, Europe in November. So just just find me. Find me online and you know, sign up for the email list, the text list, or I'll just post about it and then come see me live. Very cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. And, and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Uh, uh, goodbye, everyone. Uh, uh, even if you're soft, that's cool. There's so much to life. Or otherwise, just take a blue chew. And please hire me blue chew, because that's the kind of ads you're going to get from me. Real, real honest. I'm going to say, listen, you're soft. It's fine. You want a rock hard cock? I'm not going to play coy with you. Take it. Whatever. <laughs> Obviously, the ad read's going to be, uh, blue chew, there is no downside. <laughs> is that me coming on the podcast? I think that's me farting in my like terrible <laughs> ad read idea. <laughs> Okay, there's no content at the end of this one, but there is something new and kind of precious. Like, if you want to hear it, just, like, make your way to the end of this outro, and I think you'll at least giggle, or you're going to roll your eyes and be like, this is fucking stupid. Either way, you can let me know. You can send your, uh, you can email me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures, your eye-rolling comments to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Do you need some advice? Would you like some input from someone who is not an expert? You can also throw those in too, but your mileage may vary. Manwhorecon, we want you there. Weekend passes are still available. August 3rd through August 6th. Join the fun. Join your fellow fan whores. That's an entire weekend. You don't have to make decisions and figure out who you're going to hang out with and when and where and 
Oh, but Cheryl, she doesn't like bowling. She just had her nails done. Don't worry. I got it covered. Go to the show notes, click the link, get your weekend pass today and start planning out your accommodations tomorrow. Episode 500 is coming up fast. Um, Oral sex auditions, the sequel. How did I do? Just a few more weeks until that comes out, everybody. Until then, I hope I see you next week. I hope you stay slutty. (laughs) 